Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, it's 11:40 the Bet Las Vegas. Welcome back to the NBA playoff preview. Although we may need the fancy voice guy to change it up to the NBA Finals preview. Nevertheless, one of the best who covers the NBA. He's a senior writer for Sports Illustrated co-host of the Crossover Pod, an analyst for Sirius XM NBA Radio. Howard Beck joins us for the second time, so I guess we can add friend of the show, too. Uh, Insider Calls, powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download your BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Howard, the NBA Finals are here. Game one is in the books. How excited and how are you? <laughs> Glad to be back. Glad to be a friend of the show. Um, the <laughs> first game was was you know it 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 delivered man uh in a postseason where we have had some duds some series that never really got untracked um some we just general weirdness over the course of the postseason this one delivered uh i i I thought uh it was it was a great game great atmosphere at chase center uh for the opener thursday night and you know obviously a disappointing one for the home crowd but that was that game gave you a little bit of everything right steph just lighting it up in the first quarter with 21 points and, um, you know, setting records. And then the two teams combining for uh, the, the three point record in the finals, uh, combined threes, the Celtics with that, that kick in the fourth quarter and just shutting the Warriors down along the way. Um, there was, you know, uh, from a, just a pure basketball standpoint or, uh, you know, entertainment standpoint, it was, it was a pretty, uh, pretty enjoyable opener. No, 100%. And before we get into game one, uh, real quick, I want to touch base because you just um, released an article, a huge story uh, on Steph Curry and him being one of one. Uh, first off, phenomenal job. And, you know, in, in the story, you say, yes, he's the greatest shooter of all time, but that sells him short. And even Draymond Green saying, you know, Steph and his ideology has kind of changed the game. And as I'm reading this, you know, I'm thinking to myself, like, in totality of everything that Steph brings, not only the shooting, uh, the movement, the impact, the attention that the defense needs to have, in totality, are we truly really going to appreciate Steph Curry when it's all said and done in the history books? It's interesting, and thanks for the kind words on the story, uh, which people can, of course, read uh, at SI.com. In reporting on it, one of the things that kept coming up from others around the Warriors was, listen, yes, Steph is bigger than just you know, being the greatest shooter of all time. Yes, he deserves to be talked about among the all-time greats. But, by the way, if people aren't and don't appreciate it yet, just give it a little time because, one, he's not done yet. We're not done yet. 
and you know it, it, it may take some time before people's uh, just uh, understanding of this era of the game and Steph's impact on it evolves to a point where we can say, oh man, I, you know what? Now maybe after he's gone, right? I think Draymond is the one who said it to me at one point that you know, give it another ten years and we realize we, we you know, when people are starting to miss him and they realize there's not another one coming along, or there's going to be others coming along who are going to try to do what he did but just can't do it as well. Just as when, you know, Michael Jordan left the game and everyone was trying to be Michael, but nobody could carry that. Nobody could could approximate it, although Kobe came as close as anyone. And so it's interesting. There are still more chapters to be written for Steph Curry, and that will ultimately perhaps affect how everyone perceives him. But the reason I I set out to write that story and, and the main premise, of course, was just the idea that because Steph does not look like any his stars or the superstars, the all-time legends who came before, it's hard for people to process his impact on the game, his uh, his place in the in the pantheon, if you will, because he's six two and he does you know his, his his greatest attribute, though far from his only one, is is the three point shooting. But he's also a really great in the mid range, and he's a great finisher, and he's a great ball handler, and he does all these other things at a very elite level that get overlooked because of his shooting. But um, yeah, when we talk about the all time lists, and it's always. You know, there's the goats at the top, Jordan and LeBron and Kareem and whoever else people want to discuss there. Then you've got that other uh, group of, of players, you know, the Bill Russells and Will Chamberlains, all the, the giants of the game and Shaq and Akeem. And you've got Kobe, Magic, Bird. They're all taller and they all won with some combination of strength and size, uh, physicality, eye-popping athleticism. Steph doesn't look or play like any of them. And that's why I think people have a hard time processing that he could be and I think should be talked about along with those guys. And, and Howard, this this next question, I, I have to bring it up because I've talked about it on my show and we actually haven't talked about it. I'm born and raised in Cleveland. So yes, this question might be a little bit biased, but when you look at Steph, the greatest player in the franchise of the Warriors and its history, he's been a part of the three championships. You is it is it weird that he hasn't won a finals MVP? Is it just kind of weird that he hasn't had that moment in the finals? No, it's not to me. It, it is, it's weird if you want to uh, put it in just like the basic terms of like, hey, the other all-time greats all have this, right? It's rare for somebody to not have it. Um, you know, Kobe won his first three championships alongside Shaq, and Shaq got all three of those MVPs. It wasn't until Kobe led a different team with Pau Gasol and Bynum and those guys and Odom until he got his MVPs. Uh, but there aren't, you know, for the most part, when you talk about the all-time greats, yes, they, if they've won championships, they get finals MVP. Steph's just, uh, 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 all the other ways, that, uh, in addition to all the other ways in which his career is, is just really unique, this is unique also. But I don't think it's unique as a negative. You have to look at the context. What was the context? Well, in year one, their first championship the insertion of Andre Iguodala into the starting lineup changed the series. The, the Warriors, everybody seems to have forgotten, were trailing 2-1 to one to the Cavaliers in that series, and Iguodala being inserted into the lineup and being their primary defender against LeBron. LeBron had a dominant series, but not efficiency-wise. He had a dominant series numbers-wise, and he, he certainly kept the Cavaliers in it. Um, and so the, the change, the, the, um, the impact that Iguodala made – just had a really big impact also on how people viewed, uh, you know, the course of the series, who was most important in the series, all that stuff. And Steph's numbers in that series 
were good, but they weren't dominant. He didn't have a dominant finals. And so that happens. Iguodala gets seven votes. LeBron James got four votes. I was one of the LeBron voters. Um, and Thank the, you for that, Howard, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, I stand by it. I mean, I have, I have absolutely no qualms that didn't at the time and don't now. I think you know, if, if finals MVP is, is, and I know, you know no one's won it from the losing team since Jerry West a thousand years ago, but if you're going to say it's for the player who had the biggest series, I thought LeBron from start to finish had the biggest series. And so I, you know, I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, the, the seven people who voted for Iguodala, you know, um, should they have voted for Curry instead? Because even if Iguodala had the impact that he had, Curry is the one who's the driving force of that team. That's a fair argument. And it's certainly one that Warriors fans have been making for years now. And then of course, you know, the other two championships, it's after Durant comes on board. Durant was clearly the finals MVP in those other two but Steph has been back-to-back MVP in the regular season, first-ever unanimous MVP in the regular season. He's done everything else you could possibly do. Like, I don't think he needs finals MVP for any reason. Is it a weird, you know, uh, absence on his resume? I, I guess, but I, I don't think it's that critical given everything else that he has done in his career. And we'll see if the Warriors can win this championship. I, I think there's no question he'll end up being MVP if they win it. Um, so maybe we won't be having this discussion again in a couple of weeks. Yeah, right. And and I will say, uh, to be fair, like in, in kind of one of the points that I got out of your article, which, again, you can read at SI.com, is that his greatness is kind of like a hockey assist. Just him being on the, the court kind of impacts everyone else and makes everyone else better. And I know we're short for time, so a couple more questions before we get you out of here. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you is, so Draymond Green, after the game, his postgame comments about the Celtics and, you know, the mature standpoint of they've been there before and them talking about, look, the, the Celtics shot lights out from three. But at the same time, Jason Tatum also had a three for 17 game. So do you kind of think moving on in the series that, yes, if the Celtics and the rest of these guys don't shoot as good, it's kind of going to average out where Jason Tatum is going to give you a better offensive uh, output? Hard to say. Um, I think one of the things that you know you learn after covering you know a lot of these finals and a lot of postseasons in general is that every game is its own it's its own entity is its own animal and none of these like there's sometimes things carry through and sometimes they don't and with what seems like a trend for one game is, is, is does not make a difference in the next game i would expect that the celtics probably won't shoot as well from three to your point i would expect that jason tatum won't shoot or perform as poorly as he did in game one, to your point. And maybe those things offset each other, and for the Celtics, it's, it still ends up in, an, in another win in game two. But, you know, nothing's ever that simple. Um, right. Teams make adjustments. Uh, you know, guys get hot, guys cool off, somebody else gets hot. Who knows? Um, I think from the Celtics' standpoint, obviously they have to be happy with every aspect of it. That They could win a game on the road, in game one, in fact, and come back from 12 down in the fourth quarter to win it with hot shooting, and despite their best player not having a good game, I think they're beyond thrilled with that. Ime um, Odoka's job now is to make sure they're not too thrilled with that and that they don't let up in game two because the only thing better than you know getting that one lead would be, of course, to steal two and then go back to Boston. So, But, you know, look, I think everybody would expect, you know, amongst the, the commentariat that, uh, you know, the Warriors will come back with a strong game two, that they won't allow that to happen again. Um, they played pretty well overall. Uh, they had, obviously, some, some untimely glitches. And, you know, turnovers came back to haunt them, as they've often done, 
especially in that fourth quarter. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how it unfolds in game two. And then, Howard, our last question here, and probably much of much importance here to all of us here in Las Vegas, uh, to be honest, my career, uh, Adam Silver yesterday asked was asked about the league expansion, you know, specifically the rumors about Seattle and Las Vegas in 2024. Uh, he said they weren't true. He said it's not being discussed at all. To me, I find it extremely hard to believe, but obviously I might be a tad biased being here in Vegas. But how do you see the future uh, playing out? I think the NBA certainly is intrigued by Vegas. I think the NBA certainly would love to be back in Seattle, and certainly there's a logic to the idea that they could could be or should be in both of those cities. But I thought Adam said something really important at his press conference, which is something that I myself have been saying for years, and I did not think that anybody at the league office shared my view of this, but it was interesting to hear that Adam, in fact, has this same uh, sense of it, which is – that for all the talent around the world and for all the growth of the game, the fact is the guys who make the biggest difference in this game are those top 10, top 15 players. And you can add two teams and 30 more players, and yeah, they'll be high-quality players. But they're not going to be Kevin Durant and LeBron James, Anthony Davis, Jason Tatum, Steph Curry. They're going to be a bunch of really solid role guys. And it doesn't matter. You know, you can get – Tons of those guys into the league. It's fine. But the game is driven by, and season or uh, ticket sales are driven by yeah. the superstars and the all-stars. And he did say, and I'm, 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 I'm kind of giving you my version of it, but what Adam said was basically he does worry about the dilution of talent, that if you're going to add two teams, I'm, he worries about the dilution of talent. And I think that should be the NBA's biggest concern. There's a, a huge lucrative you know, uh, aspect to this, if you add two teams and the, the fees you're going to be able to charge those new ownership groups to come into the league are split between all the existing teams and they'll make a, a bundle up front. But now you've also got to uh, divide the revenues between 32 teams instead of 30, you know, going, going into the future. And so there's that aspect too. But he said, he talked about dilution of talent, which I thought was really interesting because it means that his basketball people have been telling him, look, if we do this, there will be a hit to the product. Some of these teams, you know, there's already teams every year that just don't have anybody to hang a hat on. Yeah. And now you're going to add two of them. So uh, I think it, I, 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 I personally do not think the NBA should expand. I think if they want to get to Seattle or Vegas, move teams that are underperforming somewhere else. There it is. I guess Summer League is all we're going to get, Vegas, all right? Um, Howard, thank you for the time. Uh, once again, senior writer for Sports Illustrated. Uh, his his story on Steph Curry, one of the best that's been done throughout Steph's career. Um, you can check it out. It's called One of One, SI.com. He's also the co-host of the Crossover Pod and an analyst for Sirius XM NBA Radio. Howard, as always, thank you for joining us. My pleasure, Andrew. Thanks for having me. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.